What's going on, everybody? This is the Hump Day edition of Heading Back to the Window with Scott. And Scott, I am your host, Scott Steen, lead handicapper at winnersandwiners.com. And I'm your co-host, Scott Reichel, senior handicapper over at winnersandwiners.com. And together, we make up winners and uh, we make up Heading Back to the Window <laughs> for living in the past there, buddy. Good to be here on a Wednesday. How you guys doing? Good to have everybody. Good to have everybody out there in the his house. Um, yeah, Scott, how'd your day go? Overall, not great yesterday, but I can't say it was awful. It was, I mean, you win some, lose some, had some drive props, which worked out. But for the most part, just kind of sat back and enjoyed all the sports. You had the uh, Astros, which was not a fun time. Nope. But, you know, they completely no-showed an elimination game at home. Have fun living without Correa, Verlander, and probably not making it back to the World Series anytime soon. Congrats to Atlanta. Good job for them. Uh, great job with the trade deadline, acquiring some key guys, including the World Series MVP in Jorge Soler, who I believe was around 35-1 to 1 before the series started. Hip, hip, Jorge! He jacked that ball. Jacked that was a the, bomb. Jacked that ball. Four, 446, I believe, was the official distance on that. They said Pujols was 455, but I don't know. Pujols was higher. Solaire's looked like it wasn't going to start dropping for <laughs> right. another 40 feet. You it's know? still headed to the gulf down there in Houston. So, yeah, it's a brutal day for us. We had we had uh, we were on the wrong side of everything. So, I'm not going to belabor all that. Congratulations to the Atlanta Braves. The team I kind of wanted to see win. I don't think there was anybody really rooting for Houston, unless you had a unless you had a rooting interest as far as geographically or financially. But see, that's why you took Houston to win the AL and not to win the World Series, right? Right, right. Well, yeah. and I thought that you you ended up doing pretty well there. I did, but yeah, on the on the macro level, but on the micro on the micro as far as the World Series goes, I've had better series. I ain't gonna lie. It's uh, it wasn't it wasn't fantastic. Uh, it's what I'm saying to you. So, no, but happy for Freeman, happy for the organization, happy for Atlanta. Yeah, yeah. Who really had a lot of tough losses and some big games for the last, I don't even know, twenty to thirty years, something like that. Of course, the Falcons won the main twenty-eight to three one, but happy they exercised the demons. They finally won a title there. Dusty Baker, man. Will he ever win anything as a manager? I don't know, man. It seems like it seems like it might be passing him by. I'm guessing they're going to bring him back for another season. It's hard to fire a manager if you got him to the World Series, but they can't. But you look at his career; so many years of being so damn close and getting absolutely nothing. Yep, absolutely. Uh, Jim Williams in the house, super sly here. Eric Jones, David Hess, Eric Jones called it. Called the Braves in six last night. Scott, good call right there. I was just. I wasn't worried about the Braves. I was worried about their pitching. I was I was worried about Max Freed, who hadn't looked good in three starts, and it looked look good in the first. It looked either. like we were geniuses in the first inning because Freed came out there and really struggled. Had two guys on base, and then like so many good pitchers, Scott, if you don't get them early, you ain't going to get them. And that's what happened with Freed. He was able to settle down and pick up the win. Nice job by him and the Braves. So I'm also not going to blame Garcia and the pitching staff for Houston. I know they gave up seven runs. Your team didn't score any. Yeah, no. You could have had Nolan Ryan out there. Yeah. You, you weren't going to win the game. That's you got to score some runs at home. That's the problem. That's that's exactly the problem. So uh, Nathan's in the house. Nathan Cerna, he is a regular. Uh, Zodwick is here. He says, as a Reds fan, Dusty will not win a World Series. I tend to agree. 
as a Royals fan, I tend to agree with you. So, hey, we got a lot to get to today. I'm actually running the show. We don't have our we don't have our shadow producer here, Scott. It's it's me running solo. So I'm just going to say that in advance. Any kind of screw ups on the banners, if I don't get to comments in time because I'm toggling between two different screens here and I won't see the comments at all times. So if I don't get to your comments today, it's because we hate all of you. No, it's because I have it. It's because I can't see it. And I'm fucking juggling shit, trying to eat an apple and drink coffee at the same time. So I'll keep an eye on the comments. So it's fine. Uh, it's so yeah. See, uh, Michelle, Michelle's in the house again, saying Scott and Scott. Now, Scott, do you want to address this? Eric says it's scripted. Said so the, the MLB. I'm assuming thinks the same thing about the NFL. It's all fixed. It's all scripted. We hear that every once in a while. Do you buy that at all? No. Okay. I, I think that it's easier to script some port, some sports opposed to others. Yeah. Especially if you have some officials that have a bigger say in the overall game. You make an argument maybe for umpires if they're unfair to one team or the other. But at the end of the day, you still have to put a 97-mile-an-hour fastball in play. Yep. Where basketball, you can easily call fouls on, uh, with a pretty huge disparity. Hold, between holding them. calls in the NFL, pass interference, that kind of thing. Yeah, all those. You have hockey with some questionable power plays and everything like that, but you don't really have any of those serious situations. No, and they weren't. They weren't. They weren't squeezing Garcia or anything as far as the strike no. zone goes, or you know that. And that for me, that was the difference with Max Fried. He was able to get his breaking pitch over. And yeah. they, they could... I think the main play in that game was the check swing by Solaire which was called uh, no swing. And then he hit a bomb about what? One, two pitches later. Yep. Yep. The same at bat. So yeah. All right, let's get rolling, buddy. Let's, uh, let's try out my newfound skills here. Guys, check out our new banner. See if you like our graphics as we, uh, as we get to it and uh, start off with the people that took it in the shorts, the people that didn't do so well, Scott, it's the, uh, it's the segment that uh, you and I like to refer to as call dim cops. All right, we're going to kick it off as we uh, so often do in the uh, world of college football. If you had the Akron Ball State over, over, Scott, and the 57. At 56 points with two minutes left, Akron had the ball third and six at the 11-yard line. Oh, my God. Akron's quarterback, because Akron's going to Akron, buddy. They had a chance to win the game. He Instead, got the first down. They got the first down, and then their quarterback fumbled the ball into the end zone. No more points. No more Akron win. Ball State sneaks out a win, but it still lands under the total. Still stayed on 56. If you had the over 57 there, you thought you were in great shape right up until the time that you weren't. Call those cops. So this one is one of the more interesting call the cops beats because... On one hand, it was a miracle you even covered for half a second. On the other hand, it's a pretty unfortunate how it ended up unfolding. If you had Toledo first half minus five and a half against Eastern Michigan, you led by four points with one second left in the first half out of field goal range. Toledo's going no huddle, sprinting to the line, threw a Hail Mary touchdown. So you're good. It means they're going to be up 11 at halftime. They reviewed it. And it was determined that the ball was snapped about half a second after the clock reached zero. They took the touchdown off the board. Toledo led by four at the half. So on one hand, you're down. I mean, you're up four with one second left. You're out of field goal range. It's a miracle you even scored. Right. But then to score, pull off the miracle, and have it uh, overturned, that's got to hurt. 
I was not aware of the fact that you, that too much time was a reviewable call. Well, you, I think it's a fair review if the clock hits zero and then they snap the ball after. I think that's fair that they can review that. No, because the the, the issue is you have a bunch you have sixty year old referees trying to sprint to the line and they can't exactly place the ball down as quickly as you need them to. Well, sure, that's part of it. But here's the other thing: if you the way they do it is the umpire keeps track of the of the clock of the of the time clock, the thirty second clock, forty second clock, whatever. So they see it go to zero, and then they look. And if the ball's not being snapped as they look, they let it slide. So if you go back and review it, there's going to be a couple times every game where that clock hits zero and the ball hasn't been snapped yet. But that's not going to get called on the field 99% of the time as long as they're within that roughly one-second window there. So I don't it's agree. Like an, it's like an NBA review. I was fine with them reviewing it. Okay. All right. Very good. And we'll finish up if you had the Pelicans plus 10 going up against the Suns. They're in great shape. They led by 11 at halftime. They led by 6. After the third quarter, you still think you're good. You got 16 points to play with. Well, we've heard this story before, Scott. We've been down this road. They were outscored 36-18 in the fourth quarter. They end up losing by 12. If you had New Orleans plus 10, you're used to being disappointed. And last night was no different. Call those cops. First of all, if you had the Pelicans with no Brandon Ingram, I respect your courage. Mm -hmm. And it looked really good for the first three quarters or so. But New Orleans... Without Zion, that's just a terrible basketball team. Not good. Not good. And without Ingram, they're really, really, really not good. All right. Well, you know the difference. The uh, There are some people that were good place last night. Besides Eric Jones, there's several people that had some winners out there. And they had nice, easy winners because there were certainly some of those available. You know who you are because you were sitting in the rocking chair, baby. So looking at the first one, if you ended up having the Ohio Bobcats plus seven against Miami, Ohio, you were in very good shape because they never trailed. They led by 14 at half, led 28 to nothing with 1030 left in the third quarter. They almost blew the entire game on the money line. But as for a spread, it was never in doubt. They won by two. Yep. And we talked about the uh, we talked about this game a little bit. If you had the Braves on the money line catching a nice price somewhere in the neighborhood of plus 115, 120 depending on when you got it. Not much doubt about that one as the uh uh Braves led 3 to nothing in the 3rd inning after the Soler bomb. They led 6 zip after the 5th inning. They ended up winning 7 nothing. The Astros really never put up a fight in this one. If you had the Braves money line, congratulations to you. Congratulations to the Braves because you were sitting in the Game 6 rocking chair. And the last one was in hockey. If you had the Senators and the Wild over 5.5 goals, 4 goals in the first, 4 goals in the second, you don't even have to watch the third, but the game ended 5-4. to four. All right, very good. Underman in the house. Uh, Alvaro Jimenez says the NFL wants the Chiefs to make the playoffs. And that's why Rodgers is out. Uh, we're going to talk about that game as the week goes on, but I'm not sure it matters. <laughs> you think it had to do with the Halloween party he went to dressed as John Wick? <laughs> can... Great costume, by the way. Yeah, Great it, costume, it, really, it really was very good. Um, all right. So, Scott, you and I, we've, uh, we almost forgot about this one. And it's the easiest donkey of the day that you're probably ever going to have. Let's uh, let's find out who is 
most deserved of the golden feed bag today. Oh God, it's it's not the last time we're going to award it to them, but it's it's certainly apropos today. It's the donkey of the day. All right, Scott. So the uh, CFP college football playoffs first poll came out yesterday. How'd it go? Well, not well for most people with common sense. Uh, You're looking at how it went overall. Georgia, number one. Good start. You know, you got to start somewhere. Yep. Bama, number two. Uh Uh-oh. Really? Uh Uh-oh. Bama, number two? Really? Uh Uh, I don't know about that one. (laughs) Uh, Going down the rest of the line, Michigan State, three. Okay. Okay. You know, undefeated beat Michigan. Okay. Big conference there. Okay. Oregon at four. I don't mind that. Because of the fact that Oregon has one loss against Stanford. The referees toes them. They should have won the game. They should be undefeated. Bad loss, though. Bad loss. Anyway, you had Ohio State, five. Fine with that, too. They've been playing well lately. Then you get to six. And you might be wondering, where's one undefeated team that was uh, number two in the AP poll? Where's Cincinnati? Still are number two in the AP poll, by the way. Still number two in the AP poll. Yeah. Cincinnati is number six. So my question that I have for you, I have a couple. One, what does Cincinnati have to do? There's basically automatically a bias against group of five schools every year. And two, let's just say Georgia loses their next game. Right. Can Cincinnati be number one in the AP poll and not be in the top four for the college football committee? I think that's exactly what you'd be looking at. Yeah. Fascinating stuff, isn't it? If you're if you're a Cincinnati fan, or by the way, a, a fan of any uh, group of five school today, what hope do you have of ever ever making the college football playoffs? Everybody got hosed. Even UTSA is behind Minnesota. They're not they're not ranked. UT, UTSA Minnesota lost to Bowling Green. You're yeah. telling me that UTSA can't be ahead of Minnesota? What are you serious? So Zodwick thinks that. The Cincinnati is going to be number six in the AP next week. I don't. I don't agree with that. I don't think they're going to drop. I don't think they're going to drop four spots if they don't have a terrible performance. I think they might meet in the middle. I do think that two in the AP compared to six in the college football system does seem like a little bit too big of a margin. I, I think they'll group it somewhere in the middle. I think they'll be in the top four still. Yeah, but the question you have to ask is how many teams does Cincinnati need to lose because Oklahoma's behind them. If Oklahoma runs the table. Are they putting an undefeated Oklahoma team that also wins a conference title over Cincinnati, who's undefeated? The answer might be yes. Yes. So Oklahoma might even jump them from behind. Oregon needs to win out. We know that. Big Ten doesn't really matter because I think either Michigan State or Ohio State win out the rest of the way. They're getting in. Right. So they need Michigan State and Ohio State to lose one time apiece. Oh, Cincinnati's just screwed. Like, I, agree. I don't really know what the procedure is, but my question that I have another one for you. Do you think that the Alabama Crimson Tide, if they lose in the SEC title game to Georgia, yes, and Cincinnati runs the table, yes, is Bama ahead or behind Cincinnati? I don't know. It's a world gone mad. It's they've got they've got to be behind, but will they be? I don't know. Uh, I that- agree with Brandon. If Ohio State runs the table, whoever wins the Big Ten with one loss or no losses from Michigan State's perspective, they're going in. It's the way it is. The Big Ten's getting in for one team. But Cincinnati, 
Come on, guys. Yeah, Can we that, at least make it close? You're cu- putting him at six? A couple of interesting points. Zach Vaughn says uh, over on Facebook, by the way. What's up, What's up, Facebookers? Good to see you, Zach. Said Cincinnati beat Notre Dame on the road. They're getting screwed. No respect. Totally agree. Yeah. And, and the real Jolly Roger may pointing, be pointing out the real problem with Cincinnati. They haven't been covering the last couple of weeks, Scott. Does that matter? I think you could talk about the eye test, which is a made-up metric that the committee uses when they have no actual reason to put a team above another team. But at some point I did factor that in thinking they beat Navy by one touchdown. They beat Tulane by double digits, yeah. which is actually but more than but Oklahoma beat Tulane. But didn't cover. Separate story. Right. They didn't cover. They struggled for about a half against those teams. But the committee claims style points don't count. That's right, Zach. I test whatever. Yeah. Run margin of victory. Doesn't matter. The committee. That's all makes bullshit. Stuff up as they go. You have to remember it's not actually which four teams should get in. It's which four teams get the best ratings. And that's why Cincinnati screwed. And I said that on the radio show a couple weeks ago. We disagreed about that. At the end of the day, they will always have something out for the group of five because the ratings aren't as good as seeing Oklahoma or Ohio State for the 45th time. Yep, agreed. Brandon Wilhelms wants to know if they know it's early, but is there any reason not to hammer Michigan State against Purdue? We'll probably we're, we'll talk about that as as our college football uh, week becomes a little more in focus. But just first glance, I agree with you. Though, yes, I, I was going to say the same thing. Yep, I don't. I this. Uh, I think this Purdue team te- peaked about a month ago. They, they beat Nebraska. I'm yep. really proud of them. You know, and Michigan State's a good football. Well, team. I backed them at one point, so I backed them against Iowa. So mm-hmm. that from that point on, they were screwed. Once once they had my attention and I was behind them, they had well, no, they did cover against Iowa. So they that no shot. Uh, was it Wisconsin? Iowa outright. Was it Wisconsin? Uh, yeah, Wisconsin. That's the that's the one losing. where they were twenty seven seven or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was that's, uh, that's as that's a whole the, college yeah. football committee. It's a joke. Give us eight teams, twelve teams. We need something. We need yeah. parity. All right, so we'll have a lot more to say about that coming up, I'm sure. So let's move on and find out. Who was drinking today, Scott? Who makes those odds and maybe had a little bit, uh, a little too much to drink? We had a couple of different options here today, but let's find out who it was in today's episode of The Odds Makers Were Drunk. Go ahead. So we got to look at the action. You had Toledo and Eastern Michigan. Total in that game was 54 and a half. And that sounds like where it should be. You know, Toledo, decent defense. Eastern Michigan offensively sometimes struggles. You had 28 points in the first quarter. Not ideal. Then you had 24 points not in the second I, quarter. Not ideal. For the under, not exactly ideal. No. So, I, so you're sitting at 52 points at the half. Full disclosure, I had the under. I, okay. I, will, I will always be transparent with my picks, both good and bad. Not one of my finer moments. We had the under in this game. Either way, anytime you have a total of 54 and a half, and they almost match that in the first half, yeah. the game landed over 100. Yep. We got to put that as odds makers were drunk. That wasn't even close. Can't argue with that. Can't argue with that one bit, my friend. It's, uh, yeah, not, not good. Not good at all. So... All right, buddy. So now we're in the middle of of action. We've uh, finished up with the World Series. It's time to concentrate on uh, a little bit of uh, basketball, both college starting up and the NBA. And of course, uh, 
got a lot of football, man. We're in the middle of what three straight weeks of football. This is is this the best time of year for you? More more action. More action, baby. And uh, yeah, we've got. Uh, and spoiler alert, we've got a uh, we're we, start, we got off to a slow midweek action start. It's not going to stop us from taking a, a action play for our bet the farm play. So just uh, just spoiler alert about that. But let's uh, let's talk a little NBA tonight, Scott. Shall we? Yep, let's do it. You want you want to talk any hockey? We don't we don't ever have time to talk hockey. I know we got some people that, that follow hockey. You got any hockey plays tonight? There's not there's not much on the board. There's just four games. Um, anything you like out there? I feel like everyone's going to be slamming Carolina because Chicago ended up winning its first game of the season. Canada hat trick. Carolina is undefeated. It's a very good hockey team, right? You're looking at the price there. You'd assume it would be around like minus one seventy, minus one eighty. It's not even close. It's close to like minus one forty five, minus one fifty, which really confuses me because I think Carolina is a really good hockey team, but. For that matchup, I like the over in that one. I do think with Kane back in the lineup, the offense should look a lot better for Chicago, especially on the power play, because Kane is phenomenal in the power play. Carolina has a lot of weapons offensively, whether it's going to be Ajo, Teravine, and they got a lot of guys. I like the over. I think you'll see goals in that one. Okay. All right. Very good. See, I, I like to uh I like to get I'd like to give you a little chance uh to to show off your hockey prowess, because I know you're a uh I know you're a hockey guy. Uh, you guys know the stats on the Cleveland Cavaliers' first half. I noticed they've been leading or very competitive. Yeah. Uh, I can tell I you. Do. First half first half and for, first quarters, Cleveland has been practically undefeated. I, I think they've failed to cover once in the first quarter. Mm-hmm. They've gone off to some really fast starts so far this season. Yeah, they don't score a ton of points. They've just they've just been doing it with defense because they're kind of, they're like bottom half. They, they score 54.2 points. Per game in the uh, in the first half. Well, when you have Evan Mobley and Jared Allen in the same lineup together, your rim protection is elite, arguably the best in the league. Because those are two really good just shot blockers, and you have them together. That's very very dangerous. Yep, agreed. I, they they're, they've uh, they played very good defense. They're number they're number they're number nine in the NBA in first half defense, mm-hmm. uh, giving up just fifty two point six points per game. So. Yeah, that's a not a not a bad first half team there at all, right? Uh, no, not at all. All right. Oh, hang on. He's an overall team. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think I think they're going to make the playoffs for Cleveland. No, I think they'll probably miss out on the play-in game as well. I think they'll probably finish somewhere around eleven in the East. I still like what they've done in terms of progress moving forward. They have a bit of a COVID issue now. Kevin Love's out. Markinen's out. So they're a little bit short-handed. But if you're looking at props, I like Mobley. I like Jared Allen. They should play a bunch of minutes tonight. Oh my God! How is Cleveland ever going to play without without uh, Kevin Love? That's that's unusual. Well, the point is he's the bench big man, and Mobley with the game without Kevin Love against Charlotte played forty minutes, so he's getting a lot of playing time. That's a lot. Of, that's a lot of time for a big man. Uh, the real brawly, the real Jolly Roger uh, likes the Oilers on the puck line. Oilers solid team so far. We know McDavid is almost a shoe in for about two points every game he plays in because he's a lunatic. Drysaddle's great, too. Edmonton has the best power play in the league. You're looking at the Predators. They really don't have much to brag about. I like Saros and Net. I think he's a pretty good goalie. But besides that, I'm looking at Edmonton as well. Maybe Edmonton in regulation, if you want to try to cut into that minus $2 price for the money line. I do think, especially in Edmonton, they should look pretty good. Look for them in regulation. Okay. That's, good. That's, a, good, that's a good tip right there. 
Yeah, what do you see in the NBA? We got a pretty full NBA slate tonight. You know, one of the most intriguing games, Scott, is the last game on the card, and that's Charlotte and Golden State. Charlotte started off like gangbusters, even started off well in this West Coast swing. They've kind of, uh, they've kind of, uh, kind of backslid a little bit last couple of games. What do you, what do you think about this Golden State team tonight? But looking at the overall matchup, uh, I think Golden State should fare pretty well. We know Golden State at home is a very solid home team. Curry, I do think, is going to have a big game tonight because you're looking at the backcourt for Charlotte. They have a couple of good players. Rozier's finally healthy again. We'll see if he stays that way. LaMelo's been very good offensively. They are both not very good defenders at all. I'm expecting Curry to have a big game. I think he might go for 35-40. So if you want to look for a player prop, maybe a player prop parlay, look for Curry threes points i see a pretty high scoring game breaking out between two teams that love to go up tempo i think draymond could also go for double digit assists and rebounds we'll see what happens there but for the overall numbers here i know it's tough taking overs in today's nba because of the officiating and everything like that this total does seem a bit low i do think you're going to see a track meet breakout for this one but for the actual game itself i think curry should have a huge game i think you might see good numbers from rozier Rozier's player prop numbers are a bit underpriced because of how little he's played up to this point. He had 20 plus points last game. We know he's a good shooter. I think you may be looking to him for the future as well. You know, I, w- I will be anxious to see this game because both of these teams have played pretty good three point defense up until this point. Golden State allowing their opponents to shoot just 30.5% from deep and Charlotte 32.5%. So something's going to have to give because they're both. Very good teams from beyond the arc. Charlotte, 41.1% mm-hmm. so far this season. So uh, it's, it's the rubber's going to meet the road. You've got the immovable force against the, or uh, whatever it is, the irresistible force against the immovable object. So something's going to have to give. I don't know that I love the over in that situation. I think Golden State may be just the, the better team. And, of course, Charlotte in the middle of that, uh, doing 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 the West Coast thing as they've uh, they're kind of getting that out of the way uh they're, they're starting well, for the record as you know i've been a pretty big under better mm-hmm. so far in the nba season it's gone pretty well for me yep that's why i i'm saying the total because it's a rare spot where i like the over more than the under charlotte's six I'm and two sure to the over too it. by the way yeah i'm not sure if i'm going to officially play it but i'm definitely not taking the under in this game yeah it's it it's a it's a kind of a pass for me as far as the total goes because charlotte's six and two to the over and golden state's seen the under hit their last five and, uh, They've also played Oklahoma City about two, three times. They have. They played just a they, walking under at this point. They played. They played. They played Sacktown, and uh, they put up one nineteen. Their, their defense, like we said, has been really been has really been good. And yeah, it's it's. I just think their defensive numbers are a bit inflated because they played the Thunder three times, and the Thunder's offense is arguably the worst in the league. Uh, true. Oh, they played. The, they played the Thunder twice, dude. It was twice or three times. Just twice. Really? Yeah. I thought it was three. No, they've only they've only played they they played six games. I know. For some reason, I thought they played against them three times. No. But anyway. Okay. What else? You got? Either way. What else you got for tonight? Uh, looking at everything else, I really went deep into the player prop bin tonight. I really wasn't looking at many overall spreads. For spreads, if you want to hold your nose with a dog, I don't mind Orlando. Right. Plus the seven against Boston. Of course, that involves back in the Magic, which is dangerous in itself. Boston's got a bunch of problems. They do. We talked about Marcus Smart and how he was calling out Tatum and Brown for not passing the ball enough. We've seen them fall apart in the fourth quarter time and time again under a new coach. Orlando isn't a good team, 
but they're young. I'm not a good And they've team. actually hung around a decent amount against some good teams. Yeah, agreed. Uh, Nathan Cerna says the Warriors come out and play EA. It's it's hard for us not to say that every time we talk about the Warriors. By the way, mm-hmm. um, and he's he's giving you props on your on your uh, under NBA totals. You've been you've been good so, so far, far. They've gone well. On so your team hopefully that carries on. But of course, if you were trying to pay attention to my daily videos on the individual side, I gave out a player prop this morning. Guy had COVID two hours later, so I made a new video. If you want another player prop, I have one on a guy who's actually going to be playing tonight. Is it Aaron Rodgers? It is not Aaron Rodgers. No, it is not. By the way, I was smart enough. I take all the blame for Aaron Rodgers getting COVID because yesterday I took I took Green Bay uh, plus two because you knew that number was going to go the other way. It moved. It definitely moved. And now it's Green Bay plus seven, seven and a half. So you're welcome, everybody. Sorry, sorry, Green Bay fans. I, I pretty much fucked you there. Uh, Lawrence Anthony says Cavs game tonight, 217, a little bit high, especially with Markin and Portland struggling lately. Boy, Portland struggling, that is no shit. And Dame's... I didn't like Portland going into the year. Yeah, I don't d- think they did really anything during the offseason to help. Oh, they broke game. they broke Damian Lillard, so that's doing something. I don't know what they did, but they fucked him up. Yeah, Zach, uh, if you backed my original play on Yaka Pertle, you get your money back. So you can just bet that on my second play that I gave out. Yeah, just roll that right into Scott's second play. Just roll play. it over. You get your money back. He doesn't play. It's voided. You're fine. Absolutely. Yeah, he must he must must start for that bet to, or must play for that bet to have action. Yep. All right. Uh what else you seeing? You feeling anything else on uh on the NBA? I'm looking at Sacramento. Ooh, just Sac- because Sacktown. I despise that New Orleans team. It, it, I made it very public before the season started. Are you are you sure you're not bringing your anti-Pelican bias into this? I'm not. They're a terrible basketball team. They're really and bad. Plus Brandon Ingram Brandon Ingram did not play yesterday, so right. he's also injured. So if you're missing Zion and Ingram, Ingram might play in this game. He might not. What else you got? You're basically screwed. But New Orleans going into the year, I didn't like anything they did during the offseason. They were my favorite win total I gave out on a podcast I appeared on a couple of months ago. That team just stinks. There's really nothing to like. You look at the offseason. What did they do? Yeah. Uh, I'll tell you what I I like. I I don't hate Sacramento team total over there either. Catch about 212 or 212 and a half, something in that neighborhood. Yeah, Harrison Barnes keeps playing well. We know De'Aaron Fox is a good point guard. Heald's been shooting the ball really well so far this season. Yep. The spread of four and a half sounds low. I really don't like this New Orleans team, especially off a back-to-back that we mentioned, how they blew the game in the fourth quarter against Phoenix. If Ingram doesn't play, this line will probably move to around six or seven. Even if he does play, I'm not sure they're going to cover because this team is really not good. No, they're not. They're not good at all. Um. All right. Anything? Anything else before we move on to Max Sean? Uh, for the most part, no. Um, looking at everything else, I'm interested in the line moving in the Clippers game. They barely beat the Thunder. I don't think the Clippers are very good defensively. They're good. I'll give them credit for it. But I am kind of fascinated by the line movement against Minnesota. I get the Angel Russell's out. I get Patrick Beverly's questionable. We know Beverly is not really worth that much besides some intensity, et cetera. Are the Clippers actually good? Because we, we both had money on the under involved in the Clippers game. Right. They have no offensive firepower no. at all besides Paul George. That's all they have. They may be good, but they ain't good yet. They may ultimately Correct. get so there. I'm interested in Minnesota. You have Towns against Zubak. Good luck with that. I think Towns should probably put up 30 in this game. Yep. 
I think if you want to find a dog, maybe a team total, you want to look at a Minnesota team that might be able to give Los Angeles all they could handle. I do question why the Clippers are favored by that many points. Good point. We had somebody asking about the Chicago-Philadelphia game. You got Joel Embiid coming back tonight. Uh, both these teams playing pretty good basketball right now. Chicago kind of uh, kind of a surprise as if they're six and one straight up, six and one against the number. Philly is four and three uh, against the spread, five and two straight up, and of course that's without Embiid for the most part. Get him back tonight. Philly minus two. Scott, is there a little bit of value there as uh, the upstart Chicago Cubs, maybe or Chicago Bulls, rather get a a lesson from Joel Embiid and the Philadelphia 76ers, or do the Bulls stay hot? I think it's very tough because Philly has fared pretty well over the last couple of years against Chicago. But if I ask you right now, who's the second most talented player on Philly's roster with Simmons being out, you'd probably say Tobias Harris. Right? Yeah, I think you have to. He's out. So even with Embiid, unless Embiid goes nuts, I do think Chicago has the better overall roster. I'm staying away because Philly at home's always dangerous. Embiid might go for 35. But if you want to put a sprinkle, maybe a money line parlay on with Chicago involved, I don't mind that. I'm staying away though. I know you've been riding your Brooklyn Nets team total under pretty hard. How do you feel about tonight? Well, it was going really well. Then they beat me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had an under a two a one fourteen and a half. They scored one seventeen Bro- despite all, setting their all time the record, all, the franchise record for field goal percentage. They right. still barely went over. I have a hard time picking this game. Because I'm looking at Atlanta's injury status. Collins might not play. I'm assuming he's not going to play. Trey Young has a bad knee. He might not play. Bogdanovich has a bad back. He might not play. Until I know anything about the injury status of those three guys, I'll have to lean Brooklyn. And if you want to gamble on it, assuming Atlanta might be a little bit conservative with Trey Young, Collins, and, and Bogdanovich, I'll take Brooklyn now. But when it comes to totals and everything like that, I'll lean under. Because of those guys being injured, I can't make a case for Atlanta not knowing of who's going to play. You yeah, know? yeah, good point. And that's that's the thing. And you never know how banged up these guys are when they miss their last game and then they come back, especially with you know any kind of a leg injury and with a with a knee, a quad, an ankle, something like that. It's also so, still the first two weeks. We know Atlanta is going to try to keep Young healthy as much as possible. So, would I be shocked if he doesn't play in this game? No. Yeah, and you know James Harden. We've talked about this a little bit. James Harden shooting 40% less free throws than he was last year, Scott. He did attempt 19 against Indiana on Friday. So he has started to adjust a little bit. Durant, of course, got ejected in in the Detroit game. He's been still playing well. The Nets, I don't think they're a great team right now. But against a potentially banged up Hawks team, especially in Brooklyn, I do think that number seems a little bit short at five. Five seems like it's already priced in that one of those guys is not going to play for Atlanta. It does feel it? that way, yeah. And, uh, of course, no sleep till Brooklyn. That's that's the yep. what we need to keep in mind. Okay, bud. So we got a couple matching games tonight. Uh, we've got Northern Illinois and Kent State. I find this line curious, Scott. How about you? Kent State is favored by three and a half. Uh, Northern Illinois played some pretty good football, sir. They're six, six and two straight up. But Kent State just four and four. Uh, Northern Illinois is covered uh, five out of their eight games. Kent State is just three and five against the spread. Neither one of these teams do a great job at stopping the run. Mm, Northern Illinois, a little better running team. So who do you got here? I'm taking the points. You know, I love Kent State. I love the up-tempo. I'm a huge fan of Crum at quarterback. I like the receivers as well. 
from what I've noticed so far, it's not really a shocker. The MAC being the most unpredictable conference in all of college football. Right. Taking the points has been a pretty good strategy so far in MAC games this season. Mm-hmm. We mentioned Bowling Green beating Buffalo outright. They have. The, by the way, Bowling Green is, is is yet to not cover. By the way, I believe they are. I believe they're what eight and zero against the number eight and zero ATS. I think so. But the point is that you're looking at MAC teams against each other. I do think that taking the points has been an effective strategy so far. Kent is good, but you're looking at a total that's in the seventies. You're expecting a track meet. I'm expecting chaos. Give me the points and what should be a, an extremely fun game that resembles an arena football league score. All right. Very good. All right. Uh, <laughs> Zodwick, you know, I, dude, I don't know why you guys are better at it than I am. I know why today. Cause I'm, I'm doing different things. Smash the like button. Thank you. Yes. Yes. Don't forget to like, and subscribe. I'm, I'm not very good at, at, at begging for approval, Scott. I'm just, I'm just not. And I know it's part of the deal where you have to say, don't forget to like and subscribe because you, you know, you think I space off listening. I know not everybody thinks about it while they're watching. So, yes, please hit the like button, hit the subscribe button if you haven't done that already. Uh, tell your friends, share it on social media, all that good stuff. We are, uh, it's just going to get cooler. We're we're still we're we're about a week away maybe from being able to put video in. So when we show you, when we tell you about the bet the farmer, we tell you about call the cops. We're going to be able to show you the clips. And we're going to show you that kind of stuff. So. Anyway, yes, please. Thanks. And thanks, buddy. Uh, BN Trabajo, he's, he's taking Northern Illinois in the points because they are definitely aren't horrible. Yes. Yeah. That's pretty much the MAC strategy right there. These... They're the only team left that's undefeated in the MAC. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. So, absolutely. I think true. taking points with them, maybe even a money line shot, isn't that bad. I'm rooting for Kent State because I do find them entertaining. But Northern Illinois, they've also been pretty entertaining. Rocky Lombardi, he might have been awful at Michigan State. He's really good against MAC defenses. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right, let's do it, Scott. We've put our heads together. We have come up with our favorite play for the day. You might notice there's one game we haven't got to yet. Let's get ready to do that as uh, everybody climb on your tractors, put on your straw hats, fire that tractor up because it's time for Bet the Farm. All right, well, it's going to be me today, kids, and we're going to take a look at the Central Michigan game as they square off against Western Michigan. It's the West, It's the directional Michigan Bowl, as we couldn't be more happy about that. We are going to play Central Michigan, team total over 27.5. That is available on FanDuel at even money, plus 100, everybody. And uh, Central Michigan, they've uh, recorded at least 30 points in two of their last three games. They've averaged in 29 points per game on the season. That's pretty good. Meanwhile, Western Michigan defense, not great. They've allowed at least 31 points each of their last three, and they have surrendered over that stretch 36.7 points per game in those three games. Quarterback Daniel Richardson may be one of the best quarterbacks you've probably never heard of because he plays in the MAC. He uh, leads the MAC 288 yards passing per game and 14 touchdown passes. And lastly, uh, a little uh, recency bias. How'd they do last year, Scott? Well, that game ended 52-44 as uh, they put up 96 points total, and that was not in overtime. So today's Bet the Farm play is going to be Central Michigan team total over 27.5. Western Michigan's a good team. Defensively, they're not, so we'll take our chances. Absolutely. Absolutely. 
All right, guys, as always, uh, thanks very much for joining. Where did I put my compass? Yeah, no shit. Uh, <laughs> thanks very much for joining us, everybody in the house. Uh, Real Jolly Roger saying NIU, 4-0 in the max so far. Damn right, going to be 5-0 after tonight, baby. All right, you guys have a great day. Scott, any final thoughts? Uh, no, not really. Hopefully we all make some money. That's right. Very good. Uh, yeah, like and subscribe, share it, tell your people about it, and yeah, that's it. You guys, good luck today. Hope every one of those plays go well for you. Hope every one of those tickets turns into cash money in your pocket. You guys have a great day. Thanks for watching. Thanks for commenting. And we'll see you tomorrow on Heading Back to the Window with Scott and Scott. Take care, everybody.